0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet. It's time to anchor
1: down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones DDS. We're part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Luke Wyatt. We'll talk Vanderbilt baseball, just a dismal performance This last week between the Indiana State midweek game and the Tennessee series, we'll get into that. We'll get into the Tyron Lawrence transfer and where basketball stands after that. Most of that will be in the mailbag. Anyway, thanks for listening. Here's our episode with Luke Wyatt. It is Monday afternoon. Luke Wyatt joins us. It has been quite the weekend and then some for Vanderbilt fans, Vanderbilt loses four baseball games last week, three to Tennessee. One was run-ruled. Another one was a not-very-pretty Sunday game in which Vanderbilt made a last-gasp effort, and one was a heartbreak in 12 innings. Tyron Lawrence, who is probably Vanderbilt's best basketball player or was Vanderbilt's basketball player, is it the transfer portal? <laughs> Luke, how are you doing? <laughs>
0: If, well, if you're a Vanderbilt fan. That was quite a greeting, interested. wasn't
1: it? I could I could probably do a little better in that regard.
0: Yeah, I appreciate appreciate that, Chris. <laughs> you know, it's the weekend, and we talked. Let's go back to last week when we talked about the baseball series. You know, I I thought there wouldn't be a sweep either way uh, that someone would win it two one, and it really should have been the the we uh, one strike away twice. Of winning the first game uh so that was that one's fine it's just a baseball game and you lose but saturday and i told you this over the weekend i anticipated that being a rough day i didn't anticipate it being 17 to 1 but when you walk 10 people and can't throw strikes you know it it gets out of hand quick And, and that way the way they won on friday just gave them life and of course i think this too i think our kids I don't want to use the word hatred, but their disdain for Tennessee, it shows. And that's not something that I mentioned. You can't play – baseball's not a sport. You can play football that way. But baseball's a sport where you've right. got to relock in on your job. And I think that's a bit of a problem for us right now against them. Because last year, if you remember, we go back to the bat game on the opening night when Beck hit the home run with the illegal bat. From that point forward, we haven't beaten them. and it's kind of like we know they're not doing things on the up-and-up last year. So you take last year and throw it out the window. But this year, when you go to their park, they're a totally different team in their park. I've tried to explain to everybody. They're 1-9 in on the road. When they play, they are built for their park, uh, I'm sure that he recruits to that. And then their pitching came around this weekend like it hadn't pitched all year. And uh, they had to have it. That's the thing. Would you rather be 13 and five right now, or would you rather be eight and 10? You have to look at it that way because that's all there is to it. Bottom line, the big picture, we lost that battle, but we still have a great chance to win the war.
1: Yeah, a lot's unpacked there. First of all, I think if someone were asking me, uh, what do you need to be a Vanderbilt beat writer? I would say having a semi-twisted sense of humor would, would be a qualification if you're going to make this long-term. Um, second they just got whipped this weekend i think you nailed it i mean last year there was there was some stuff going on i've been told and yeah. maybe that explained some of it maybe explained most of it maybe explained all of it i don't know but this year i just think they just got whipped and i think you're right about them being wound pretty tightly i, I think Look, it was it was a it was a lot of stuff. It's never just one thing, right? I, I famously said in a podcast a couple of weeks ago, remember this because there's gonna be a few weeks. I don't know when it's gonna come, it's not gonna go well. Well, here we are. They they did not play well. No doubt about no. it. But was. it was also one of those things. I joked on the SEC recaps I do that I, I think Tennessee got 47 of its 31 runs with two outs and, and a lot of those with two strikes. That's kind of how it felt. So there was that, and, and then Vanderbilt wasn't hitting anything. I, they left the bases loaded a couple of times. I mean, that that game Sunday was there for the taking, and, and even early Saturday they, they were going to get whipped anyway. But they had a shot to make it more competitive. You know, if they don't right. leave the bases loaded a time or too early, and it all just snowballed, and then the Friday night game, just look, hats off to Tennessee. The ball Maldonado threw was a was not a hittable pitch. I didn't think he took out a nine iron and hit, nine iron and hit it out of the park. And sometimes you just give the other guy his due. I just think it was a lot of stuff. I think the time of the year was you know didn't help with everybody getting final projects. Together and exams and all kinds of stuff. It really, this is a great time not to have a midweek game. I think that's the best thing that could possibly happen. Yeah, I think they caught Tennessee at the wrong time. You are right; they are they are great in that ballpark. They are one and nine out of it, which I looked up. That's they've got the I think the the sixth worst record in Division One away from home or in, uh, on the road. Now they've played some brutal teams. In that stretch. And so I think that's context. But to your point, it's a different team in that park. And people could say small park and everything. Well, their pitchers have to pitch in it. Vanderbilt didn't take a lot of advantage of it. I just think it was a lot of things that went against him. And frankly, I go back to the Indiana State game. They played a really good team. I think they could have played Austin P. On Tuesday and gotten beat the way they, they they played, and and maybe they might have played Austin P this weekend and gotten beat. On top of that, I, I just think it was one of those things where it was probably four or five things and stacked on top of each other. You get what you get.
0: Chris, the Saturday game with the way the pitching was, they wouldn't have beat Trebekah. So that's oh. what you have to look at. You don't, you have to take each, each like you said each situation separate. Sunday, we open a floodgate and have five and runs scored. You know, you, you can't recover from that on the road. You might be able to do that at home, but you're not going to recover on the road, especially when they already had all the momentum anyway. And, they're, again, that's their World Series when they play us because they know what – you know, people – and this is what bothers me. Of course, you know my personal feelings about Tony Battello but I, people want to say he's a better coach because he's won seven or over Tim Corbin. Okay, let's, look, let's just look at it. He's really competed against Tim five years, okay? when At the end of the season, when the entire season's over, who's had a better season in those five years? Tennessee has had a better season one time, one time out of those five years. The first three was Vanderbilt. Then the year we both went to the World Series, We played for the championship. They went 0-2 in barbecue. So in the big picture of things, they ain't done nothing with it. Because they play with what I've talked about. We had a problem with on the other side of it. They play with emotion, too, all the time. That's what drives them is emotion and their crowd and getting them into it. You you saw Drew Bean blow a kiss at R.J. Austin. You saw the Christian Moore kid get thrown out. When they're winning, they're one of those teams that – when they're winning, they, they show their true colors. When they're losing, if you've noticed, they were awfully quiet. You know, they just got beat by a team that was 10-24. and 24. So which are they? You can say that about anybody. Are they what got beat by Tennessee Tech? Or are they what finally won a series? I mean, everybody won five straight series. They were not going to win them all. So that has a whole lot to do with it. I, I mean, I'm a big-picture guy. I think Tim Corbin's a big-picture guy. It doesn't matter who you beat throughout the year as long as you get to at the end of where you want to get.
1: Yeah, look, they had won nine series in a row to start the year. That is really, really, really hard to do anywhere, anytime, any place. So there's that. For Tennessee, I, th- I think Tennessee is a pretty good team. Um, I, I was on Knoxville Radio a couple times last week, and people said, what do you think about this team? I said, I have no idea what's going to happen this weekend. But – if you take that team, you take the parts apart, put them in the box, and take them out and put them back together. I don't know about their hitting, but they got a lot of talented arms, man. Burns, Beam, Dolander, Halverson, Kirby, Cannell, Sewell. They got a lot of pitching depth. And when you've got a team that's constructed that way, you've always got a chance. And so I don't know what it's going to be like for them. I think if you're Tennessee, you're hoping to really catch fire and, and host because, like you said, they're a different team in that park. But on the road, they haven't been worth two cents so far. So that's going to be interesting to me to see how they finish out because I do think they're a good team, but they have been horrible away from home so far, and we'll see if that reverses course.
0: Well, I mean, they go, they're go; they sitting there at 8-10. They got Mississippi State at home. They should win two for sure and might probably sweep that series in Knoxville. But they've still got Kentucky, they've still got Georgia, and they've still got South Carolina to wrap it up. So they better be in really good shape when they go to Columbia that last weekend because, to me, the best team we've played, even though we beat them two out of three, is South Carolina. Defensively, they have some issues.
1: South Carolina's pitching, the best team in the league.
0: Pitching-wise and hitting, South Carolina's the best team I've seen
1: that we've played.
0: So, you know, like I said, I'm not worried in the least bit. You, you hate it because it's who it is you lost to. If that would have been Georgia or whoever – you. Fans and uh, wouldn't be as much upset, and I get that. I, I get that, too, because you hate to lose to, in my opinion, a place that's lacking in class and a, a coach is certainly lacking in class.
1: <laughs> okay, weekend decisions got second-guessed a lot. This may come up in the mailbag, but I'm just going to ask it now. Sure. The, the, the Cunningham starting him was one I just – that that was hard to defend before the outing. Now, sometimes they know something, and sometimes it works out for them, and I'm not a fan of the decision ahead of time, and sometimes they're right. But him coming off a weekend in which he gave up four home runs and five innings at Vanderbilt, playing in that park after they win an emotional game on Friday night that just seemed like the recipe for disaster, and it was. I would have started probably Patrick Riley, although to be fair – when he came in, it didn't go very well, but I thought that was one. They've been hitting Bolger in the cleanup spot. I think Bolger should be in the lineup. The fourth spot is not where I would hit him. There were just some things there that were easy bones to pick before they went out and got blown out.
0: Yeah, I agree. I felt like Saturday, whether it was Bryce starting or whoever that we had, that we were going to pitch that day. I felt like it was good, we were going to have to score a lot of runs just to stay in the game. I did feel that way Saturday. So I had no surprising on Saturday except for the final score because I never thought we'd walk 11 guys. Yeah. No, I'll tell you one I mean, thing he did that I
1: liked. Them. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, I was just going to say they had 17 runs but only 11 hits.
1: Yeah, that was a disaster. Now I, I did like pitching Luboke in that spot because I I'm – I'm just not sure about him. There have been times it's looked really good. There have been times it has looked really bad. And I thought in that spot they had nothing to lose. Because if it's really good, maybe you get the bats together. Maybe you make a a run and either eat into their bullpen or, who knows, win a crazy game. Obviously, that was not in the cards. That sounds silly to say. But at that point, you know, they did get what? A run to start the game. They leave the bases loaded. The next inning, but I thought putting Laboki there, if he can pitch several innings, a he gets confidence, and he pitches if he pitches well, and if you know if if all goes well, maybe he gives them a chance to, to work them way their way back in the game, or at least eat into some of the bullpen for Sunday's game, which would have been nice too. Or if it doesn't go well, your answer is I don't know how much you can trust him to pitch in a huge spot next time. And so I thought either way that decision played out okay.
0: Yeah, I you know two things from the we talked about this last week, Chris. What when we were sitting here five and zero in a perfect first half of the season, what can hurt this team? Well, we've already seen it. Health. We've got to get Owen back. We've got to get Dukanich back. Grayson Moore back. We've. You can't continue. You know. You talked about Tennessee's pitching depth. They've only got one guy out. The uh, the kid that had the brother that threw a hundred and five or whatever. Ben Joyce's brother. Yeah. It, his brother's out for the year. But besides that, they're healthy. So they've got all kinds of, and they've they've shuffled one of the starters. So Burns is kind of maybe their quasi closer now. Which honestly, that probably fits his demeanor at, at better than starting. Yes. So. That and, and let me ask you just one question. If I, if we take everything out of it, and you don't know it, you haven't read a score and you've been to Mars over the weekend, and I say, okay, and you say, Luke, how did the series go this weekend? And I say, well, Enrique Bradfield went two for 15. How many games do you think we'd have won?
1: Yeah, and I thought that was the key to the series to begin with. That kind of got lost nope. in all the carnage, because I thought where they could give Tennessee problems was get him on base, steal second, steal third, maybe get a throw into the outfield that plates a run, rattle their pitchers. When you don't get him on and you can't do the things they do and they're not a good fielding team, they did nothing to put pressure on Tennessee's defense. And I thought, I mean, the, the biggest issue was the pitching, right? That blew up. But, course, yeah. but they were not, they had no momentum because he couldn't get on base.
0: That's right. And he's striking out six times, too. And I saw goodness. a stat, his last at bat Sunday. No, excuse me, his next to last at bat. He was zero for thirteen in the series, and they put a, something on the screen a, on a crawl or whatever. And Ricky Bradfield has never gone hitless in a weekend series at Vanderbilt. So until his last two at bats, he'd not have he'd not get on base the whole weekend.
1: So you're not. And they were anybody. throwing him stuff inside. I mean, like used to be, you would get him chasing away they pitched him inside a little bit with with some breaking balls and got a couple of really bad swings but you know what back to the pitching I thought especially on Friday night Tennessee figured out really quickly that there were several inches on that outside corner and they just kept throwing it there and throwing it there and either either they would take strikes that that may or may not have been and I'm not I'm not blaming them I'm not blaming Vanderbilt losing the Friday game on the umpire. Don't get me wrong, but I, I did think it was a generous outside corner. And if you're if you're taking and you're not, you know, and they're calling balls off the plate, you're in a bad spot. And if you're swinging those, then their kids have really good stuff. Their their pitches have some movement. It just was a it, it was a spot where Tennessee I thought pretty quickly recognized what was going on, and, and they got 19 strikeouts, which I'm almost positive is the most. That Vanderbilt has struck out all year.
0: It's the most Tennessee's had all year, and it was a twelve inning game. But still, it's nineteen dragouts. Yeah. Now, the, the other key key to the game, I felt like too, after Tennessee had tied it three uh, three, Parker Nolan leads off with a rips a double, and it's going to be a double, and it takes a perfect hop right back to Merritt, yeah,
2: and he yeah. throws
0: second. I mean, that's that's just Part of baseball karma, there it just happens. You, nothing you can do about that. I mean, what he should have been going for two. It, it wasn't a base running mistake. Uh, that's that's part of how you lose a one run game. But but like you said, the kid golfing the pitch out that was down to his ankles. Everybody was blaming Maldonado. I said that's a great pitch. Throw it again. He's going to hit that yeah. one out of a, That's kind of like the one that Norwood hit. Yeah, I Maldonado's know exactly real-
1: what you're thinking. I, I was thinking you're thinking the Michigan game in '07, but.
0: Well, I was thinking of the Norwood home run to the World Series. That was 97 up and in.
1: At his chin,
0: yeah. John Norwood couldn't hit that again if he had to. And the same thing goes for that kid the other night. He's not going to hit that out. Well, maybe in that phone booth. And I do want to touch on, push back on one thing, Chris. You talk about, well, it's the same field for everybody. Yeah, but they recruit to that ballpark smartly. That's true. That launch angle and stuff like that. You have all the stats when you recruit a kid on his launch angle. And you, when you sit there and you got kids that all you got to do is hit it in the air, it's a pop up, it's going to fly out of there. I mean, three of their four home runs would have been out in 13 other ballparks. But we we're playing in a, another ballpark.
1: Well, I was going to say a good sign that your fence is too short is when you did he line a single off the wall or was it, did that bounce? Uh,
0: when I was off the base of the wall.
1: Okay. E- either way, when you when you hit a single off the when you hit a ball off the wall and you're not and look Parker Nolan is not a speed demon, but he's not slow either. I don't think. Right. Right. When when, when you single off the wall and, and you're you're out trying to take what should have been a double, the, the wall is too short. But and you could say that about Hawkins Field too. I've I've seen some singles off the wall and left. That wall is also thirty five feet high. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast has been made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. Just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville, but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. Go see Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of this podcast because without it, this season would not be possible. So yeah,
0: I just find they play to their ballpark, but here's why, and I'll I'll go ahead and put my neck out on this one. This is why University of Tennessee will never be a winner until they change the dynamics of that ballpark in postseason because when they play at, at, at Hoover and Omaha, now they won last year at, at Hoover, and they won all those games for – we all know the reason why. And people might want to step back and say, oh, their bats were illegal. That's fine. Go look at those three kids and see what their stats are in the minor league so far after about 300 bats. See how many home runs they've hit. Everybody knows they were doing it. Everybody. That's the reason why they changed the rules of the Southeastern Conference. So when when they're playing at a, at a Hoover or they're playing at a Omaha, let's see how many home
1: runs they hit. Well, when when they're playing in their park, they're really suited for it. I, I'm just amazed that and here, see. Here's the thing, and I'll, I'll push back. I, I, and I do think Tennessee's a good team. And again, if, if anybody's hearing this and this ends up as a soundbite on Twitter, Tennessee legitimately beat Vanderbilt three games in a row. And and yeah, we can we can parse the circumstances. They they got whipped, but I, I do think th- this is a year where if if they're on the road. That's going to be a, a tough – I mean, I say it's going to be a tough hill for them to climb in a regional. they their pitching, it might not be. But I, I get what you're saying.
0: Their pitching depth's going to help them in a regional, that's for sure. Yeah. But at the same time, um, if they keep playing defense, except for that series against us, they played good defense against us, if they keep playing defense like they played in that 90% of the year, and if they – you know, I don't know what's the stats now. What is what is the team DRAs? What's Vanderbilt and Tennessee's now after Saturday? After this weekend's games? Do you know? Oh, I'd I'd
1: have to look it up. Um.
0: So you look at again. You have to look at all six weeks, not nine innings or seven innings of baseball that happen. See that? And Chris and, and yeah, you're right. We got whipped. Obviously, that's. I mean, that's a no brainer. But you take seven innings of that Saturday out of it. Let's just say we lost one nothing. Then. It's still a sweep. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're still sitting here talking about the same stuff.
1: It's one weekend. It is. Yeah, they are now – Vanderbilt Vanderbilt. TRA is now 484 in the league. They've given up 10 unearned runs. They now have the fifth best TRA in the conference, one spot behind Tennessee. South Carolina leads the way at 416.
0: So, basically, statistically, Vanderbilt and Tennessee's pitching is almost exactly the same.
1: Well, Tennessee's given up more runs. Tennessee's given up 24 unearned runs. Vanderbilt has given up 10. Yeah, and and I, you know, I think Arkansas, see, I, I, ERA is a little bit misleading because there's a lot of errors in college ball. And like the one Futrell had the other day, it was five unearned runs. And, and yeah, but I, I don't know. I, that's, that's one of those scoring things I'm not a big fan of. I mean, at some point, it's incumbent on the pitcher to get some outs because, you know, they could have scored 100 runs that inning and they would have all been unearned. And I don't know that that's the answer either, but that's a that's a side more Right.
0: Well, you know, the other other quick thing is you you look at this weekend and compare it to last weekend, you know, here's how different it is. Tennessee goes to Arkansas, gets swept. Arkansas goes to Georgia, they get swept. And Georgia, everybody was saying, well, Vanderbilt swept Georgia, but that didn't matter because Georgia wasn't any good. Well, we're finding out now, Georgia.
1: Yeah, I might want to rethink that one.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we have three sweeps on our, you know, that's fine. We're, we're, would you take 13 and five every year after 18 games?
1: Ab- absolutely. Look, there's they're still, even yeah. with just getting beaten like a drum this weekend, there's still plus 62 yeah. in run differential in the league. That's the best in the league. LSU, which is the number one team in the country. Is plus, thir- plus thirty three. Now look, Vanderbilt has played a an easier schedule than LSU, but all these teams, you know, it was just kind of like, and and I was guilty of this a little bit myself. It's like, well, they're they're playing the bottom half of the league. Well, maybe some of that was Vanderbilt making teams look really bad.
0: Right. I mean, Ole Miss is the only team that's kind of stayed at the bottom. Everybody else has kind of inched up, including Mississippi State. Yeah,
2: they've now
0: got six or, um, and, and look. We got up a five game lead over Tennessee after they swept us. They had to win this weekend. We didn't have to win. They had to do what they did just to get themselves back into because they're what twenty fourth in the next this d one now and we're we dropped one spot so the people at d one understand what went on. We went from four to five hey
1: That's look not- i've started I've started doing uh regional projections i do some stuff for my youtube channel on the sec at at southeastern 14 and i've started doing these i had vandy as the three seed in the whole thing last week i've dropped him to five this week and i put kentucky ahead of vandy uh which that will resolve this week and i've got i've got lsu wake forest south carolina kentucky vandy is the top five i don't think i even moved arkansas down after arkansas got swept at georgia i might have moved him down one spot. It was just a brutal week. Like, it seemed like everybody in the top 25 got beat. Yes. Other than, like, LSU. And one thing I was probably
0: wrong about, I felt like as we got into the back half of the season, you'd see less and less sweeps. Well, heck, I think we had five of the seven were sweeps this weekend, including Florida getting swept, including uh, Arkansas getting swept. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of, a lot of baseball left to play. It's, it's, no, it just makes it worse because of who you played.
1: Yeah. I mean, getting beat like that is tough to digest any weekend. I just think that was with all the drama of last year and the offseason and all the stuff and just all the dynamics between those fan bases. That, that was one that just felt, I mean, it was bad under any circumstance, but it felt like an absolute nightmare that just didn't end all weekend. Yeah. Okay, I want to ask you something, and I didn't hear it, and I wasn't there. Joey was there for two games for us, but is there something going on with Hunter Owen other than injury?
0: That You know, that's my thing. Uh, when The way Tim answered, I think it was Aria, Aria's question, it seemed to me that there may be because he said he's on the team and he will pitch at some point. Yeah. That's what he said. Now, that could still be physical. In other words, I don't know yet when he's going to be back. He could have said that, but uh, he was speaking out of frustration of the game, of course, too, so maybe I'm reading into it more, but it just seems odd to me uh, that he's not he's not giving a definitive answer on this because he has kind of given a definitive answer on Dupanich. We know it was a hamstring. We know he's day-to-day. He's close and he may be able to pitch this week, who knows. But they've got to get those ties back if they want to entertain and keep going the way they were going before this weekend because we all see the main issue when, when our pitching depth down to 10 guys and really only eight SEC-type pitchers.
1: Yeah, they have got basically what I gathered before the season. I think Owen was considered their best pitcher behind Holton – I felt like there was more confidence in Ducanich than Futrell. I know that seems ridiculous in hindsight, but that tells you a lot about how good Ducanich is or can be. And he looked really good when yeah. I saw him in the fall at the scrimmage. And then Grayson Moore, I think, was the seventh or eighth arm on their staff. And yep. with, kind of with the bullet, like they felt he had a lot of potential. And so, it look, and everybody's got pitching injuries right now. Like, there's a lot of teams in this league that have been missing some key arms. But these aren't just, you know, dudes that were going to have bit roles for them. These were guys that they were counting on for big things, and that's three of them that are out right now.
0: Right. And and that's when the trouble started when you start looking like you're not what you think you are is when the injuries happen. And that's the only thing that can derail this Vanderbilt. It's the only
1: thing. Well, I wouldn't say it's the only thing, but it's certainly the biggest thing. Yeah. What did you make of their hitting this weekend? Uh,
0: well, you know, this was, it's funny you say that because I was thinking yesterday. I don't know. We probably set a record for ground balls to short yesterday.
1: I don't know what... No, 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 no. They they set that in the Loyola Mary, Marymount series. That one will never be broken.
0: <laughs> well, I'm talking about <laughs> conference games. I'm sorry. Right, right. Um, but but to me, it's almost a good sign when you're grinding out your short if you're hitting the ball hard. But ours were just little three hoppers. They weren't... Because if you're hitting the ball short, it means you're trying to go up the middle, which is good, What you're supposed to do a lot of times. But to me, they weren't hit hard. Now, you know, we talked about aggression. We can't say we weren't aggressive because we were still swinging the bat and we, tried, we were trying to hunt fastballs. We were just, when Burns was in there, he was just overpowering us. And then when they would throw fastballs at the, at the other, we wouldn't hit them. We did soft ground balls or pop-ups. And that was kind of what we were doing early in the year. But, I, again, I go back to where you're at, who you're playing, the whole shebang, and I, it's like a one-off. If we look, if we'd have gotten swept five series and swept Tennessee, what would everybody be saying? You know what I mean? It's, it's a one off. Yeah. It's because they're playing Tennessee. That simple. That's why everybody's so up in arms about it. And yeah, yeah I mean, it, beat back. Mm. I mean, we got beat 14 to six last Friday night against South Carolina. And when I went to bed Friday night, I was worried that we were going to get swept at home by them.
1: Yes. But that one completely That that felt you know I mean? ominous. That felt really ominous, especially yeah. after Holton comes out and, and can't throw a strike. I mean that that yeah. felt like it is going to be a bad, bad, bad weekend, which is I try not to go on how something feels because baseball has weird ways of taking quick turns. And like let me let's put the shoe um, on the other foot, okay? You you're Tennessee, you just got swept at Arkansas. You throw what eleven guys? You lose to a Tennessee Tech team that was ten and twenty four, knocked you from twenty three to forty one in the RPI. I mean, at that point, it looked ho- and trust me, I was doing Knoxville radio, and and those people had been like, it's it's hopeless. This is going nowhere. They're getting swept. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Let's and this applies to Andy fans too. Let's. Let's, let's take the machine apart, see what parts are there, and see what it looks like when you put it back together. And I said, I think Tennessee's got enough pitching where there's a lot of stuff still on the table for this team, including getting to Omaha. Don't know how it's going to go. Don't know if it's going to self-destruct. But with the talent there, it's possible. And you can absolutely apply the same lesson to Vanderbilt. I just think this team's got more parts than Tennessee if you go defense and some of those other things.
0: They do, and, and all you have to do to see that is Vanderbilt's thirteen and five, Tennessee's eight and ten. It's that simple. We're st- they swept us, and there's still five games behind us. A whole lot has to go wrong for us, and a whole lot has to go right for them for them to finish ahead of us. Yeah.
1: Lot. Well, and and I said this, and people can say people can say that sounds ridiculous. You know, Tennessee just beat the crap out of them all weekend, which again it did, but. You go back and rewind that Missouri series from five weeks ago uh, where Tennessee got crushed in Columbia, and if you make a judgment just based on one series, you're drawing very different conclusions than you would today. So just to well, just you know, bring it know, full circle.
0: Well, okay. well, and one more, one more quick thing. I know we need to move on, but Tennessee won seven in a row over Vanderbilt. Okay, hasn't Tennessee lost like 11 of 12 to Arkansas? Does that mean Tennessee's that bad? No. Does it mean Arkansas is that good? No. It's just part of baseball. Right. I remember one year the Braves went 19-0 and against the Padres. And I'm thinking, man, the Braves are that much better than the Padres?
1: No, of course they weren't.
0: Although yeah. the Padres pretty
1: bad. <laughs> well, spe- speaking of which, the Braves looked unbeatable a week ago and would have lost five in a row.
0: Yeah. first. Uh, in fact, it's the first time. Last year they only lost four in a row
1: once yeah so that
0: still got 140 left though we're okay there
1: <laughs> right i'm with you there all right let's get to the mailbag because there's some things we haven't hit that we need to hit and they are covered here today's mailbag is sponsored by sutherland and belk a family-owned injury law firm if you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident give taylor or russell a call at 615-846-6200 to see what your rights are and if they can help Okay, let's do baseball first and then we'll get to basketball. Vandy 1995, Diaz and Boulder struggled throughout the weekend, which got pulled to the two-hole. Do you think there will be any other shakeups coming for this weekend?
0: I don't. I think you will probably much see pretty much the same lineup. I don't I don't say. It. I do think the Calvin Hewitt experiment may be put on hold because he looked terrible in his two at bats. Chasing the ball that was in the other batter's box twice, so he probably won't get another opportunity right away. I don't think uh, Polk has earned the right to play the full nine innings. He's been he was he and Bastine and Shrek were the three best players we had uh, this weekend.
1: Yeah. Okay. Go Doors ninety four. Were exams a factor in the performance in Knoxville?
0: Well, I'm talking to you about this, Chris. Whether you want to count it or not, people say, "Well, it's excuses." I'm just stating facts. After Saturday, Vanderbilt in their last 11 series, on or in and around exams, have won two series and lost nine. Now, coincidence maybe. Uh, I don't know, but I can tell you this for a fact: Vanderbilt exams are a lot tougher than state school exams, and, uh, I would think I would think anyway for most cases. So it has to have something to do with it. It doesn't have It doesn't have enough to do with it to make it seventeen to one, but uh, it, it does have a factor. There's no question. If you look at our history, we have played a ton better after exams are over.
1: yeah, I was trying to go back and look at that because we had that conversation this weekend and, and try to pinpoint when exam week was it's, been, it's, Let me it's, see. A, it's a different right, different right. Different. right, and and that's that's where you may have some knowledge that I don't. Let's see. Um April that this is twenty twelve, April twentieth, twenty-first, and twenty second. They have a road trip to Alabama. They lose two of those three. Although those were close. Next week and come home win one of three against Kentucky. Don't know when exams would have been, but that was the last week of April. Thirteen. They that was the team that breezed through anybody and everybody. So they yeah, were. I think let's we see. Swept,
0: Auburn, swept Auburn during exam week. That, that was the one sweep we had.
1: Well, let's see. No, that was the okay April the twentieth. Played two games. I was at that one. I think. Yeah, I remember. That's they lost the first game of a doubleheader in Athens, uh, and he got mad at Conrad Gregor and benched him, and they put in Xander Wheel. And when the second one 15 to four, then they won five to one that, and then they swept Mississippi State here the next weekend. That was an old team. Um, let's see the next year, they lost two or three to Arkansas mid to late April and then swept Georgia at home the next weekend, fairly decisively. So the next well, year, tr- well, it was, it Georgia- depends on when exams were, when, well, when do they usually watching- have exams?
0: It's either the last week in them, like, for instance, let's just say for argument's sake, if it's the 24th or sometimes it's the 31st. Okay. So that's
2: I'm just,
0: just you. Some, sometimes the first, sometimes the 23rd. You know what I mean? It's one, yeah. one of the two weeks. A week well, like, the, it's the Indiana State game. exam that day.
1: Yeah. Well, if yeah, exam week anyway. jumps around, there's, yeah, I mean, I, it's going to be hard for me to pinpoint, so.
0: That's why I went through the fact book and figured it out because I was working on Yeah, there. yeah. Exam, exam week is easy for me because there's, the athletes are never around during exam week. They've
1: got their nose in a book all week. Does, does it ever go into the first week of of May? May? Yeah.
0: Yeah, like I'm saying, it would be okay. that three. I, I don't count the set after it. And when I say in and around, I talk about maybe the midweek game and then that following week, like this week, like this year fail. Indiana State yeah. and Tennessee. Um, okay. Like one year it was MTSU and Auburn. You yeah, know, whatever. I don't count the following week, Like Kentucky, we're done with exams when we play to start with Kentucky. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, here's 2016. They lost back-to-back series right around exam time. 2017, they lost – let's see. Went one-and-one one at Tennessee – Two and one against Missouri, and then lost two or three at Arkansas. Twenty eighteen, that I remember. That was the first week of, you talked about the Auburn that they were. That was the last time I remember them being this bad on a weekend. I think it was that twenty eighteen season when they right. lost four to one, eleven to five, and fourteen to nothing at Auburn. That was May the Very fourth, bad. fifth, and sixth. Yeah, so that would be your parallel. That there have been some times, and they they ended up. That was the year I think they. One of the two years they won a Clemson regional. So, yes. And then came 2019. So, okay. Well, we've belabored the point enough. Let's see if we got anything else with baseball. Uh, TC Stevenson says, please talk me off the ledge. I have a feeling that's more for basketball than baseball, but he didn't specify.
0: He's got to be basketball. Yeah,
1: there may may not be much talking him off the ledge on that one.
0: No, you got (sighs) seven guys gone now. I mean, you got to fill three spots. I don't know what's left in the portal or what we can expect out of the portal at this point. I don't know. But either way, you got to, you know, Stackhouse has a system that the kids have to learn. So is it going to be one of those? where, okay, we're not going to win any non-conference games, we we'll going to be the same boat we're in this year, and then maybe play good late and it's too late. That may be the best-case scenario if you're having to replace seven seven players. Right now, if you had to name a starting five, I think it would be Lee Dort, Colin Smith, Ezra Magnon, Paul Lewis, and name the fifth one. I don't care. You can just draw it out of the hat.
1: Well, here's the question I have. When some of those guys look around and they've got options and say what's left, does some of those right. kids hit the portal when they weren't planning to? Now, Ezra can't leave, I don't think, because I think he's exhausted. His, that right. But the other guys, I mean, and I, I don't have any information there. I don't know. I may be speaking out of ignorance, but that was one of the things that popped into my head today.
0: And does the portal close May 1st? think I think it does yeah I think so we got rest of this week to worry about it
1: okay let's get on to the rest these are all basketball T and Serge what kind of coach is needed to fix Vanderbilt basketball
0: well the climate has changed so much in college basketball I'll be honest with you I don't know uh obviously someone who's like for instance and i I don't know why we haven't had, and I'm glad we haven't, had uh, this many kids leave football. Um, You know, I worried worried a bunch about C.J. Taylor and some of those guys, and we haven't had that in football, knock on wood. So, obviously, the head coach has something to do with it. Um, How much? I don't know because of the seven guys that are gone, I would love to know how many of them were kind of told to head out and how many of them left on their own.
2: This has
1: never occurred to me until just now. But what if you had Bryce Drew at Vanderbilt during the portal, the way he recruited?
0: Well, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. That would be well. I mean, think about it. Would Darius Garland have stayed at Vanderbilt, not getting paid, or not getting the?
2: Uh, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, I don't know Maybe we'll maybe know. you could have Yeah Maybe a little because money would have Helped collect- him get through it Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't understand the collective Enough to know how much Like for instance, I saw where Lee Dort Got some money or he's got some whatever uh, How much money is that? Is that $1,000 a month? I don't know Is it 15000 a month? I don't know
1: Okay J2M Will the NIL money kill Vanderbilt basketball?
0: Well, the NIL will kill college basketball if it keeps up. And the reason I say that is because all these teams, you're going to wind up having what you have in football. You're only going to have eight or ten teams. The ones that can afford to buy championships and buy good teams are the only ones that are going to win. So you're going to have same the same old teams, Getting to the tournament again. Now, people say, well, no, look at this year. You had FAU and all that. That's because this is in the infancy stage. Once these big boys figure it all out of how the best way to buy players are and how to keep players are, then that's the way it's going to be. And there will be the only ones that are winning a bunch of games. And you're going to have a lot of teams sitting below 500. And Someone... Whole, uh, excuse me. You're going to have one big problem. Selling tickets to that crap. Yeah. Because people aren't... You know, it, it hurt Vanderbilt for sure, but uh, that along with some other publicity things that went wrong with Stackhouse uh, in the media and so forth. But if you if if we don't let's say we don't sign anyone else of significance in basketball, and we start out next year, how many season tickets you think you're going to sell with the, just that coming back?
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be ugly. I was okay. talking to someone today that's, that's very well-connected in College Hoops who was speaking to someone on another Division One staff, I, I think, today. And this is what he told me. He said, what I was told is if you don't have four hundred to $600,000 every year to play in the portal, uh, you're, you're going to get lost.
0: Well, then we may as well go to the Keating or or, to, or, to, or,
1: to give, or for NIL money to, for your roster, I guess is what I meant to say. I didn't mean to play in the portal. I'm sorry. Well, maybe that too but
0: say, no you're you're exactly right you you're hearing the same figures i heard from someone who is very very close to the program at alabama that exactly uh, the, the, that money amount you mentioned is around a half a million dollars so you're yep. right on it and you got to figure a place like kentucky it's unlimited
1: oh yeah yeah and see, this is what with the facility. The facilities are great and everything, and they need them, and, and it's great news. And know they're behind and everything, but this is what I've said from the beginning. This is what happens when you just get so far behind. You're patting yourself on the back about your facilities, uh, and and the world has moved from the, you know, the eight track tape to you know, downloading signs on your songs on your iPhone more or less in that time.
0: Well, that's after- it. When I worked at Vanderbilt, it was always Band-Aids. And that's – at least now they're doing more. I mean, you can't fault them for at least trying to right 30 or 40 years of wrongs, okay? Right, so right. Get, and, and
1: that's good. And, and maybe it's more like cassette tapes but or CDs, <laughs> but it's, it's changing. And that's the thing is they're, they, they're having to – they're so far behind. They're having to put all their time and energy into that. Well, I, I think kids now, they're like, Where, where's my money? It's not facilities well, anymore as much you need them, but but yes
0: and and, and look i don't, I'm not taking a dig at Tyron at all. He's got a child, and you know if the kid if he needs money and the, you, you, you know diapers and formula ain't cheap, I get it. so you know, I don't fault Tyron Lawrence at all
1: This might be the question of the, the day. How can VU compete in the portal without offering transfers money? I, I know a, a way that I would sort of sidestep that, but I want to hear what you answer first.
0: I mean, I don't I, No, I'd rather you answer because I don't I don't have a clue. I don't know.
1: Well, I wondered at first, you know, there was a lot of questioning of the way Clark and Tim Corbin were building their respective programs, and they both sort of took the the same stance that's we're going to try to build a culture and do that first, and we'll try to plug holes through the portal. and, and Vanderbilt's in baseball that went after were very targeted, and the one they landed, I would argue, might be the most valuable player on the team in RJ Shrek. Football, they are doing the same sort of thing. They plugged a hole at right tackle last year with Brammer. I think that the Cosmo kid is going to help them a little bit this year. Uh, I, I know I'm I'm missing somebody somewhere. I think there'll be some guys coming in in the fall, but you look at chemistry and everything yeah. and and this is what i wondered i wonder about some of these other places like when you were when you're trying to build a program in a culture you know no look for for tim this year some of these guys haven't panned out i thought maybe a tj mckenzie or a lanive or somebody like that might in that fourth year really pop and it just for the most part hasn't happened um, i'm sure i'm leaving somebody out somewhere but the premise was these kids have been around, and they've waited their turn. And just to go recruit over them in the portal like it's fantasy baseball and there are no personalities, what does that do to your culture and your chemistry and season? What does that do to your ability to recruit and retain players long term? That's a fair question. And, and so far, I think Tim's been fairly well vindicated on it. And I think yeah. Clark is, is starting to be. And so what's the implication for that? See if you can guess where I'm going. Well, I know exactly what you're saying. Culture is the whole problem with basketball. Culture, culture. It's, it's building a roster, and, and that's – look, I'm going to count to five in a minute because you, you know who you are out there listening, and, and if you don't want to hear something uh, that you, you may not want to hear, I'm, I'm going to count to five and, and give you time to, to fast-forward this a minute or two or, or or pause it or end it or whatever. So here we go. Fair warning. Five. Four, three, two, one, okay, if you're out there and you're still listening, this is on you. Luke, what have I screamed from the beginning it, it was oh. the, the lack of the the culture the but it was the lack of diligence on players. there were so many red flags with so many of the players they had brought in that it's I think I've given this analogy before. I needed a car one time and I was looking for a What was it? A Toyota, not Toyota Corolla, a Honda Accord to replace the one that um, I'd gotten rid of because it had two doors and that wasn't good for kids. And so I'm like, well, Accords work pretty well. I'm going to go buy another one. And, And so I'm looking at Accords and I got about eight grand to spend, something like that, maybe eight or nine for a used one. And I'm looking and there's one that's about five. It's priced where the others are at eight. I'm like, hey, let's take a look at this. And I'm thinking, okay, what could go wrong here? I'm like, well, if something goes wrong, I got about $3,000 to play with in repairs that I'm saving buying this car. And if it works out, you know, I'm, I'm gold. So I buy the car. The guy looked a little too happy to be getting rid of it, which should have been my, my clue. But I took it to mechanic. He couldn't find anything wrong. Well, guess how that ended. It didn't end well. Um, I got rid of that thing within a year or two and, and my God, that was the best day of my year when it was, when it was out of my possession. Um, point is he knew something I didn't know. And that, that's the way it's been ever since he's been here. There's been some of these kids, oh, their recruiting ranking is this, but other coaches knew stuff and did their diligence and it all goes back to work and time and effort and preparation and building a plan and not just saying i'm going to outsmart all you jack wagons because i know better and i'll just get players and we'll win and that's been the problem since he's been here and 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 frankly i think that got exacerbated a little bit with them winning a bunch of games late
0: it did and 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 look you and i said it from the beginning of the season Next year, they have to go to the NCAA. Well, to me, this is handwriting on the wall. If we don't have players, unless there's something out there that we don't know about that's coming in here, like the big post from Michigan or something, where are we going in the portal with, for these last three guys? Let's just assume no one else leaves. Where are we going to make this an NCAA team?
1: You tell Well, me. look, I, I've, I've, I've heard two names of kids that they have run off that they now would like to have back. So what does that tell you?
0: That's, well, that tells me he thought that he was going to get some kids he didn't get.
1: He overplayed his hand, which is what he's done since the minute he's been here.
0: And it's going to wind up costing him his job at the end of next season if we go 10 and 21. Okay,
1: well, I'm, I, I'm going to ask you something. What, what does this season prove? Okay, do, do you have to go through the season and go 10 and 21 and then make the decision? Or if you think that's where it's going, what is the best move for the long-term interest of the program?
0: Well the best move would be make a move now. But what they will do, here's what I predict they'll do if if it goes bad. Just you have to put that out there. If it goes bad, we're in we're getting ready to start the conference season, and we're sitting on what do you play, 10 non conference? How many non conference do we play? Fourteen? Something like that? All right. Yeah. If you're sitting on four and ten, getting ready to start the SEC four and ten and the prospects look bleak, you make a change. I know they never
1: it, do that, though. That's not their style. never
0: do that. But you better do it because you might as well get a jump. Because if, if there's a coach out there that you can get, that way he gives you all that time while the rest of the SEC season is playing out to find a coach. Because I will tell you right now, and I don't think you know or I know what's the best fit for Vanderbilt in today's climate.
1: Yeah. Well, you somebody does their say, diligence for one. but
0: Well, of course. But I'm just saying, look, we both thought Bryce Drew might be a good hire when he got hired. Right. I don't think there was very much negativity about Bryce Drew. And, uh, and then we, everybody was so excited when Simi Chateau and Darius Garland came and you got Aaron Neesmith and you're like, wow, I can recruit. And then we, Darius goes down and the entire thing goes to, you know what? And you have a oh for 18 season that you hadn't had in over hundred years of basketball since they were putting a ladder up and taking the ball out of the peach basket.
1: Okay. I'm, I'm going to give you another round here and I'm going to give a countdown. And if you're still listening, you know who you are. Here's your <laughs> warning. Five, four, three, two, one. If you're still hearing this and you don't like it, it's on you. Okay. What happens if everybody's got them going 10 and 21 next year? And they fifteen and seventeen it and they win a couple games late, they're not supposed to win, and everybody says, Oh, well, they overachieved again, and they might be able to do this, and they might be able to do that. No. Mm-mm. Well, that's no, no, no. that's what I think too. But the problem is you know how it goes there. And and maybe not with the chancellor, that's a little different. Maybe, maybe he just calls nonsense on me. I just think when you get to this point. And I was kind of saying it with Bryce Drew. When you get to this point where you cannot reasonably plot, I said it with Derek Mason, when you cannot reasonably plot a future that ends anything close to where your standards ought to be, I don't care what happened last. It's time to cut bait. And they did it with Mason. That's just what they do. But I feel like this is where this is going to head. in every year, every year, they catch fire late and win a couple they shouldn't, and everybody gets their hopes up. But it's it's four years, and, and it's two Elite Eights, and I don't mean the NCAA.
0: I would be willing to bet a nice, crisp $100 bill that if we don't make the NCAA tournament next year, forget the record, if we don't make the NCAA tournament at the end of next year, Jerry Stackhouse will no longer be the coach.
1: Yeah. I uh, will bet you $100. But, but how pay. far back – and here's my concern – this year is a wash you you're not going anywhere this year now with with Lawrence being out of the picture. I think we can probably put that to bed I mean, they might the- they might win five or six games and again and and you know do, do some things we weren't expecting but things of significance to me are now off the table at this point It's going to be something along the lines of a rebuild and I just think you know the year you need to be looking at is next year and the year after, and I just think the longer they they persist in the situation the longer it puts off winning long-term.
0: Well, again, you're probably right, but and this is a little bit off the subject, but let me ask you this. How does a team, which I know is not paying a lot of money, how does a team like UAB
1: get so good in one year? Probably, well, they got some of those kids through the portal, and Andy Kennedy knows how to work it. And UAB, they don't have anywhere near the admission standards Vanderbilt does. And you uh, just, you do, you do your diligence, you work hard, you find kids that fit, and you make it work. And they don't well, do any of that.
0: I understand that, but how come Ole Miss didn't get it done? How come LSU didn't get it done? You know, there's other things besides just Vanderbilt that didn't get it done through the portal.
1: Yeah, now, the Kermit Davis, that, that's fair. I, I thought he would have done better. Matt McMahon, I mean, that was, that was his first year, so who knows. Right. And but plus, McMahon at one point literally had nobody on his roster. Right. He did, he did not have a single kid on their roster. Now, some of those kids had hit the portal, and I think he talked three or four of them into the coming back. So that was always going to be a, a hard one to finagle.
0: And I don't know, again, going back to, okay, how much this – does Ole Miss pay for pay for bas- basketball players?
1: They're I not going to pay
0: what Alabama pays, you know, and it, that's why it's become just free agency. That's all it is, and we're you know we're going to be the Oakland A's. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's just not, not, not. I'm not. I'm making that comparison as a overall situation, not baseball.
1: Okay, go doors ninety four. Is there a culture problem? Well, yeah, we just touched on that. It's got to be right, yeah i th- I think so too. um I, I think there's been one from the beginning. okay, why does Vanderbilt basketball seem to have more transfers than other teams i I think we're just probably touching on all on the ground on all this stuff. Is it a college basketball issue or a Vanderbilt problem? Uh, yes to both I think is the appropriate answer there
0: yeah and, and like I said, unless there's something coming down the line with the last three guys. That we put on this basketball team, I mean, if it, unless it's three people <laughs> that uh, you know are going to come in and change who we are as a team, then it's not—it's not, it's not going to
1: work. I like this one, this last one from Go Doors, at which we will end the mailbag. Is it possible we are allocating too much NIL money to women's bowling at the expense of other sports?
0: <laughs> hey, listen, Mookie's done a great job, and I guarantee he didn't get a nickel for that. What? I said he's I he I guarantee he doesn't get a nickel for NIL money and Mookie has done a tremendous job. Mookie Betts? No, Mookie. That's John Williamson. Oh, I didn't know
1: that I was know his, his nickname. Like Mookie? No, oh, no. Yeah.
0: Next time you see John, just say, Hey Mookie. He'll love that. I, I do run Mookie into John at, at the at
1: the ballpark on occasion.
0: Yeah, John's a great guy.
1: Oh, he's tremendous. Love that dude. Okay. Um mailbag's done. I think I'm done if you're done.
0: I'm done. Let's uh <clears throat> it's gotta be a better weekend than it uh I I would think so anyway, unless we hear some more bad news throughout the week.
1: Well, I mean I think <clears throat> sort of you know, boring up you know, some sort of Careful. explosives dropping <laughs> on the <laughs> one of the facilities. It's gotta be a better weekend. <laughs> Oh, i take that, well, that i take no, that back explosives dropping on the facilities that's might be a good them. thing that's funny <laughs> they're doing a good I job just, with that that's the good part i was just trying to think of something random and that popped into my head so okay uh luke thanks for joining us we'll catch you next week thanks chris have a good one you too